You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 185. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 185. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Ready? Let's do it. I'm ready too. Cool. How are you doing, my love? I am doing really good. I I noticed you yawned right before we press press record. I just want to make sure you can bring your A game. (laughs) I always do that when I get cozy on the on the bed and. You mean in Joy Junkie Studios? I mean in the Joy Junkie Studios. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, let the cat out of the bag. Well, we've realized as we've recorded in multiple rooms in our house that this has the best acoustics. It's got great acoustics. So, anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We are thrilled to have you with uh, here with another episode of the Joy Junkie Show. And today I'm really pumped because I was looking back through all of my episodes and I've never done a trust issue. I can't believe, I, or uh, episode, never done a trust podcast. Well, now you can't say that. Now I can't say that. So this actually came from a listener's submission. Cool. And I love being able to do <clears throat> these. Those are great. Yeah, they're extremely helpful to understand what all of you out there are thinking about and worried about and want help with. So if you are not aware, you can cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com slash 185, and there's a spot there that says submit a show topic. And it's a very simple form, and you just kind of let me know what's going on with you and what you are interested in us covering. And I lean on those a lot to craft content for the mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. as long as it's applicable to stuff that we talk about of course. yeah so that's, a lot of great stuff from audience members actually that's right that's right so today we're going to talk about learning how to trust even when you really don't want to like because trust is a you know it's a guard it's mm-hmm. a it's our guard down and so we're defending ourselves and trying not to get hurt really it's a defense mechanism but then sure. there's a cost to that so we're going to dig into... It's a great into, topic. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We'll we'll uncover that a little bit. But before we do, I think I hear... Did I hear an FSA? We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. That's right, people. Free shit alert happening on this episode as well. <laughs> I talked about this last week. But there is still time to get in. I have a free workshop that is going down this week. And you can still get in on it. There's two different dates. And it's all about how to manage your inner shit talker. So if you want in, you can swing by the show notes page here at thejoyjunkie.com slash 185. And you'll see an opportunity uh, to click over and register. Or you can go directly to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and you'll be able to access it there and we are going to cover off four ways that you can start silencing that inner conversation that that's really keeping you down influencing your relationship with other people how you feel about your self-worth always striving for perfection hello anybody total perfectionist out there 
So we're going to talk about that. And then some of my favorite tools around how to identify that voice, switch it up, start changing it. Y'all, I've created a workbook for you that's pretty elaborate so that you can track everything as we're going through and then create very specific actionable steps as you go through your next week. Because as I like to say, you can't read a book on Pilates and get rockin' abs. You have to actually take it to the fucking mat, right? That's right. So if you're used take to- Take it to the mat. Take it to the mat. So if you're used to just <clears throat> consuming personal development as just a good idea, like while you're working out or while you're cooking and you don't actually take it beyond that into mm. your day in and day out life, the this is kind of that next level. And it's completely free, like I said. I just had this image of somebody going, oh my God, that's totally me. Oh, I'm like sure. Calling me out. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, we we it's different with personal development because so much of it is conceptual and it's thought work. It's mm-hmm. how we engage with other people and it has so much to do with our mind. And that is much more intangible than picking up weights or eating celery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's so much more crystallized. So that's why I prefer to teach personal development, if you haven't noticed, in very systemized, formatted types of step-by-step. So these free workshops that I do are kind of the next level of that. So I'd really encourage you to come over and hang out. Again, you can find that at thejoyjunkie.com slash register. So before we go off about all things trust, why don't we pass the mic to you for a sec? Well, now that I have the mic, let's, why don't we do a, uh, would you rather would you rather? Uh, okay, so today's would you rather is would you rather have the ability to breathe underwater or be immune to fire? Wow. I was on this little like superhero kick. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let me let me think through this here because well one of my one of my fears is kind of around the ocean. So that might alleviate that terrified feeling are you alleviate of drowning or or alleviate are you scared of drowning or are you scared of things in the water yes (laughs) (laughs) because if you're scared of drowning that would cure it but if you're afraid of what lurks below (laughs) then it (laughs) it may not um i you're right. Thank you for helping me unpack that. I really think that I I think I don't like the menacing behaviors of the... The menacing the, behaviors. It's menacing. The creatures below. They're not below. gang members. No. They're just animals. But, menacing. But I'm food and I'm out of my comfort zone. And the, but then California has been really dry lately and there's been a lot of fires. <laughs> See, I think I would pick be immune to fire. You would? Yeah. What a kick-ass fireman would I make? Oh. Right? Yeah. Like, be able to go in and save people and... Like when you broke your arm and I told everyone you were rescuing a rescuing a baby out of a burning building. Yes. <laughs> but you really broke it doing basketball. Yeah. That sounds a lot more exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> no. I always told them I was just kidding. It was actually bungee jumping and I put my arms out and hit the ground. That's right. That's right. And that's how I broke it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That sounds... That sounds menacing. Anyway, immune to fire is my choice. I think, I think I would probably do immune to fire because then I could do lots of cool party tricks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like hand holding the barbecue and like. Oh yeah. 
Or if you I, ran into a burning building, though, you'd, you'd come out naked, wouldn't you? Would your clothes be... Probably. So you'd have to get really comfortable naked. We didn't, not that we aren't. Not that we're not. Yeah, yeah. Singed off all your clothing. <laughs> and hair, right? Or maybe your hair's protected. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe you have a glowing it beard of fire. <laughs> <laughs> and a oh, pitchfork. Oh, oh, this is going the wrong direction. All right. Let's just move into the content for today. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> So I want to read you this submission that came from one of our listeners who is a very long-time listener. She said she's been listening since day one. Ooh. And, and we, we're on 185. It's crazy. I'm super honored by that. So here's what she wrote, and I want to see if this is something that everybody else can kind of identify with. Trust is a very important topic for me because I was raised in a dysfunctional family where as a young child, I learned not to trust some of the people who were closest to me, including my parents. And then years ago, I was betrayed by a best friend whom I had considered to be a sister for nearly 20 years. This circumstance was the last straw, and I felt so devastated and unable to really see the truth about people. So I decided that I wouldn't have any more close relationships with anyone new that I would meet, and I would simply consider everybody an acquaintance and to just be polite and have superficial exchanges with them. Now... She says, I'm very happy that when all of this happened, I was already married to my wonderful husband because if not, he wouldn't have stood a chance. So uh, yeah. that's good. There's somebody in the trust tree. <clears throat> and she says, that worked really well for me until recently when I met some new people that I really like and admire and I'd love to be friends with. Unfortunately, I seem to have lost the ability to trust people. I can't take what I see and hear at face value and I'm constantly trying to read between the lines and doubting that their kindness and their interest in me is really true. And then here is her kind of side note about spirituality, right? Furthermore, on a spiritual level, I love the idea that the universe is a benevolent force that supports me and I can share it on an intellectual level. But I just can't believe it and trust it in my heart. I am aware that feeling trust is up to me, but I really don't know what to think or do in order to achieve that. I would greatly appreciate it if you would talk about this topic in a future episode, and I will be grateful for any advice you can give me. Thank you for your kind attention, and I wish you and Mr. Smith a very happy new year. Aw. Well, then, first of all, it's pretty eloquently written. Right. And <laughs> I love that it's very clear. Very clear. That she yeah. listens to the pod, that she's involved in personal development. <laughs> yeah. She She gets some of these concepts. Mm-hmm. But again, nobody's like, here's step one for trusting people, right. right? But I love she signed it, ciao. She's actually in Italy. So it's cool to oh, have. Oh, that's cool. Have uh, audience members all over the world. It's just so blows my mind. A little pod Italian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got six things. Of course, you know I love systems and steps. So the first thing, and this is kind of on a personal talk sort of thing, is to stop identifying yourself as untrusting. So mm-hmm. I, okay. I oftentimes will tell my students if they say like, I am a people pleaser, I'm a perfectionist. One of the first things I say is stop identifying as that. Stop saying, I have trust issues. I have control issues. I don't believe in this. Like, Mm -hmm. if all of that stuff is something you do not want to be, stop identifying that way. Now, that doesn't mean that you now all of a sudden are going to say, I fully trust people. That's not what I'm saying. That's the first step. 
I'm just saying stop saying I don't trust people. Right. So something that we're going to cover off in the workshop that I have coming up this week is how to work with something that I've coined progressive language. And I've talked about it a couple of times on the pod, but in the workshop, we're going to dig into a very systemized formula that I've developed to help you create self-talk statements that you can actually buy into without them feeling like a big lie. So for instance, I'll I'll just do kind of like a quick abbreviated version here. So instead of using self-talk that says like, I just don't trust, I just don't trust them. I don't believe them. I don't believe that that was really kind, right? That's like kind of the chatter that goes on in your mind. Right. <clears throat> to say something instead like, I'm open to learning how to trust or I'm exploring what trusting people looks like at this stage in my life. Something, like that something that is like on your way. So you're not saying I fully trust people, but you're just not identifying as I don't do it. I don't trust people. Because the more you identify that way and kind of put that label on yourself, you will live into it. You'll Mm -hmm. find more evidence of it. Like, for instance, if you tell yourself over and over again, I'm just, I'm such a perfectionist. Very, very unlikely that you're going to start shedding your perfectionist behaviors. Very true. So watch how you identify yourself because that will perpetuate whatever way of being you've adopted up until that point. So how do you, um, uh, for instance, in AA, they ask you to identify yourself as an alcoholic mm-hmm. so that you can deal, that, that's the other way around. So what's the psychology difference there? Like, Well, this was, this is sticky because I actually have a problem with that a little yeah. bit in AA. That, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here. However... Addiction is a completely different animal animal because one of the biggest pieces of of addiction is is uh, getting out of denial because so many people are in denial. Like I'm not. I know I can totally drink socially. Got it. No, I can totally. This is okay. So you're not in denial when you say I'm a perfectionist. You're actually admitting that you are right. So you're saying don't admit you are. Start changing the language so that you can change your behavior. Well. For many of us, like who are perfectionists or who are people pleasers or things like that, you already know that. There isn't like a come to Jesus the the way there is with addiction. Like you have to really get to a place where you're like, holy shit, I am an addict. Okay. Whereas that's fair. What we're talking about, and we're also talking about a legit illness with addiction. Sure. Whereas what we're talking about here is people who are of sound mind, they're healthy and they have these habits that we as a society, I think kind of throw around flippantly, like being a worry ward or being a perfectionist or I'm such a people pleaser or I have control issues. And we throw them around like they're not that serious when they actually are really infringing on our happiness and our fulfillment. So I would say to answer that question, the, the slippery slope with addictions is if you start saying, I was an addict or I used to have a problem with alcohol, it's, easy to slip back. it's much easier for somebody with an addictive personality to go back into that habit thinking that they're cured. So we're talking about, but that's a great question. That's a yeah, really, I was just curious the psychology of it. You know? Right. Because I've had conversations about that because I do <clears throat> like the idea of I used to. However, that's a very dangerous place for addicts to go. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. why it's imperative. It's almost like saying, I struggle with addiction, period. So whether it's alcohol or shopping or Facebooking or cookies, 
I have to recognize this is my tendency, this is my behavioral pattern, and I cannot deny that any longer. Right? Okay. All right. So thanks for answering my question. Yeah. So in this situation, we're talking about like she's super clear. I don't trust people. And I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to start. Got it. So she's already had an identity of I don't trust people that clearly is not what she wants to continue to foster. So now it becomes how do we start shedding that moniker or that identifier in a way that feels realistic. And so that's why I offer up using something like progressive language. And again, if you want to come hang out at the workshop I have, we'll talk about a whole formula with that so that you can help not just with this, but with other ways in which you speak to yourself. Okay. So the second step, it and this might involve like a coaching program or a therapist or a, a deep dive, is to really work on your forgiveness around those who have caused you pain. Nice. Because the reason why you are now suffering and not having that intimacy because you cannot trust these new friends and you, can, you don't want to foster these new relationships is because there's still all this blame and anger typically for the people who did you wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's this friend from 20 years. I mean, even reading what she wrote, it was clear, like, that was the last straw. I'm done opening myself up. I'm I'm not going to get hurt anymore. So there's still this kind of bitterness typically towards the past. So no matter who you are listening, whether this is the listener or not, take a little evaluation of, have do I still have a lot of blame? It'll show up as blame, resentment or non-forgiveness towards these people who have created that catalyst for me to stop trusting. A lot of times if you don't trust in intimate partnerships, it's based off of how you received love or didn't receive love from other relationships like intimate partnerships or from your parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? If you have trust issues around coworkers, it could have been something, I mean, it doesn't always have to be paired directly paired at all but it could be that there was working in teams sometime in college or in your youth that has made it very challenging for you to work in a team and trust other people so you kind of go i'm just going to do it all myself right okay or you alienate or put walls up right so i'm going to actually link to i've done a couple of podcasts one on blame and one on self-forgiveness that i'm going to link in the show notes page so again you can find that at thejoyjunkie.com slash 185 the one on forgiveness is particularly about self-forgiveness but you can look at forgiving other people through the exact same lens because the deal with forgiveness is not at all saying the deed you did was acceptable. Like that this friend who betrayed her, forgiving her is not saying, I'm going to let you back in my life. It's not saying what you did is acceptable. It's not saying I would ever allow that again. It's saying I choose not to carry the burden of that deed any longer. I'm not going to pay in my current relationships for your sins. That's what I was thinking about in the first like when you first read it yeah was gosh how much of your life or people that come into your life would have really uh been valuable been for you valuable yeah for you but you weren't able to do that because you held on to that 
And or uh, not just her, but anyone. Sure. And there's also a place to be super compassionate because the reason you're doing that is straight up self-preservation. Absolutely. You're just, no, I get it. That's the best way you know how to take care of yourself. And now, and, and at a specific time, that worked, right? Like right. she was saying, that worked to push people away. Mm-hmm. And now I want something different. And now I'm looking around going, no, I want to have the ability to trust and be discretionary about how I do that. So she's ready to let it go, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the other thing too is you. it's not an all or nothing. It's not like, okay, I need to all of a sudden become an open book and let everybody in. Sure. And, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute too, that you can allow this to be a, a gradual journey. Okay. So again, number two, work on that forgiveness. Look at how you need to let go. Because we do this all, I've seen this happen a lot too, like people who are really struggling to get over their ex and they they feel like they've really gotten through it, but then they might still have a dream or they might still get triggered and they're angry at their at themselves for not being over it yet. And it's like, that's just your subconscious, like just coming out saying like, hey, there's still some stuff and addressing it is not having your ex win. Mm-hmm. Addressing it is taking care of you so yeah. that you can be happy and healthy. Right. Okay. So really look at how that uh, distrust, non-forgiveness, blame, or resentment, they're all kind of in the same category, right? How those things are impacting your current desires for connection with other people. All right. So the third thing, and this is very actionable, is I want you to start keeping an evidence journal and start tallying evidence of trustworthiness in others. And Hmm. so because here's what happens is we become acutely focused like she did, you know, like here's this thing that happens when I open up. I experience extreme pain. That must mean never open up. Right. Right. And because that was your experience, you start telling all the evidence that you see. And so a lot of times in your head, it sounds like, see, can't trust that person. See, all the shit that's happening in the media. See, we can, you never know what you're going to, you know, and you stay really focused. And a lot of times it's even subconsciously focused on gathering evidence to support that story. Yeah, that's and so what, true. what happens then is you miss out all the other evidence of people being amazing and following through on their word and actually being really trustworthy. So I would suggest either, depending on how you operate, you know, you can have a pen and paper if you want, or some people really like to record it in the voice notes on their phone or have an app or whatever, where even if, um, like, let's say you drop a dollar and somebody's like, here, ma'am, you dropped a dollar. That goes in the evidence journal. There was somebody who was totally trustworthy. Or, you know, you forgot to, they forgot to put something in your bag at the supermarket and they come and find, you know, any evidence of that. Or even, uh, I don't know, some, a friend of yours who followed through on something that you had asked of them. And it's like, oh, they can be trusted. They're a person of their word. So start really focusing specifically on what you do want because you need to start realizing that it is out there. 
it just hasn't been on your radar. It hasn't been the station that you're listening to. So do you, um, <clears throat> I guess it's a hard channel to change, but the, do you keep evidence of untrustworthiness as well? I'm going to get, I'm going to get to that in okay. a second. Um, I would acknowledge it, but I wouldn't tally it because you're already in that frame of mind okay. tallying like crazy. Okay. And there shouldn't be a ton of them because she's not being super trust trusting with people. That's true. You know what I mean? True. So <laughs> you're going to be very choosy as we go through this about who you're vulnerable with. So you can start by just noticing it in other people. So even when, um, like on Facebook, there's a shit ton of mess that happens on Facebook, right? Like all these horrible stories. Oh, but yeah. then there's tons of amazing stories about people, you know, kind of playing Santa and giving all these amazing gifts to kids. And there is goodness. There is amazing stuff happening out there. Yeah. It's just about what we choose to focus on. That's true. So, I saw a really good one, if, if I may. Yeah. It was about this guy that uh, he's a contractor and he actually would go to construction sites and all of the trash at the construction sites, he would make homes for homeless people oh, out of it. Oh, cool. Like, like just little one room plate places yeah. out of all this stuff. Nice. Well, that was a cool one. Yeah. That's very cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's great. And that actually reminds me that it might be a great way to start by tallying things that aren't totally affecting you. Like maybe you see other people interacting in a, let's say in a, in a restaurant and the server realizes that the person left their hat behind and you see them go chase them down and give them their hat. And then that might go in your evidence journal by starting with evidence of other people's interaction without right. it feeling directly applicable to you. Yeah, less vulnerable, yeah. But you might also then ease into examples of your husband. Like she was saying how awesome her spouse is. He, that every time he follows through on his word, that needs to be in the evidence journal. Every time you ask your neighbors to watch your cat, and they do, they're to be trusted. That's an evidence of somebody you can trust. Even if it's in a small capacity, it's about gathering a different set of evidence because you've been so focused on what isn't available to you. Is that is that the um, is that the only action with that, or do you do something with that journal? No, no, no. It's it's that's a great question. No, it's just to start opening your eyes of like, oh. There's actually a lot of people just to be Just a perspective trust. shift, right? Yeah, it's okay. the same thing that, you know how you don't think your diet's that bad until you start writing it down? Right. Like, your nutritionist, like, write that shit down. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Hmm. And then every time you think about putting something in your, in your mouth, you think, oh, do I want to have to write that down? So the same thing is true with this. It's like, the minute you notice it's something that's awesome, it's like, oh, it's on your awareness, right? It's becoming way more apparent in your world. And yeah. that's what we're trying to do. Got it. Okay. All right. Number four, and this is just kind of conceptual, is I used to always say this when I would talk about intimate partnerships and relationships. Do not make your current partner pay for the sins of your ex. For sure. Right? That's one of my favorite things that I always say. And the idea is that 
you're taking that old wound that you're going through and you're making your current partner guilty of it also. So you're reacting off of your historical pain, not what they're actually doing. Now, the same thing can be said for friendships, bank tellers, people helping you out at the restaurant, people helping you out with your phone bill. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be said for anybody else who you've never encountered before. Now, I'm not saying just willy-nilly trust anyone. But I'm saying be very aware that just because it happened with mom and dad does not mean it will happen with Sally. So those two people are completely different, isolated environments and relationships. Okay. So if there's things that are similar, like, oh, they're really verbally abusive like mom and dad, then you can go, hey, that behavior doesn't work for me. But if they're not doing or saying or being anything that is adversely effective to you, like where, you know, it's painful or it's hurtful, allow that to be the first interaction with that human without branding them with your old shit. So, I, you know, oftentimes when I talk about this in relationships, I would say, you and this new partner has never existed before. So no matter... Who tells you, oh, I know what that's like, and oh, oh, just wait till this, and this is going to happen. But that usually mars the relationship because you put all your old historical shit onto the new relationship instead of going, we can craft this from the beginning. Yeah. This has never existed in history, ever, before. Mm-hmm. So no matter what anyone thinks the prognosis of this relationship is, we have the opportunity to create something new, but we very rarely look at relationships that way. We look at them like, oh, hope he doesn't act like my ex. Hope she's not like that ex-best friend that I had. Statistically, this is going to happen, right? Right. Yeah. So that is a more of a umbrella idea to think about when you do engage with some of these new friendships, you know, that she was saying, or possibly mm-hmm. if you go into a new work <clears throat> environment, to just remind yourself when you're talking with them, this relationship has never happened before. These two people being in a friendship has never existed before. So I don't need to label it with a bunch of shit. That doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge red flags or things like that, but it's also that you don't label it with old shit. Yeah, that makes sense. So... That's a huge thing that I would think about as you are at parties or in social environments where you are really critical of, I don't know if I can believe what they said. Stop yourself and go, this relationship has never existed before. I have no historical data to tell me that I should not believe this person or that they're not to be trusted. And that is about you really owning your shit. Now, there's a totally different set of circumstances that happens when people are giving you examples that they can't be trusted. So, for instance, if you do hang out with somebody and they say they're going to be somewhere and then they don't meet you, I would give them one other chance to redeem themselves and then I would move on, you know? So it's okay if people do let you down. You just have to be aware that you're taking baby steps and that's why you're not going to bury your heart to every single person you see. You're going to, like, let's maybe meet for coffee. 
right? And you don't tell your life story. You just kind (laughs) of talk about what your interests are. And you take everything very, very slow because you are relearning how to trust and whom to trust. That's really important as well. So if you're getting red flags, that's about taking a step back and looking at have they really given me evidence that they cannot be trusted or is this my shit? Is this the lens through which I've been looking at for for years and years yeah, and years? That's this, great advice, yeah. Because that's going to take a little unpacking because this is also what's going to happen is this was kind of number five is to really listen for that internal conversation that says, see, see, you can't trust them. See, you can't trust anybody. See, you can't believe what people say. You mm-hmm. have to listen to that voice because it will attach to the smallest, most insignificant little grimace or look or sigh that somebody gives you. And it'll attach because it wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you back in that place of not trusting anybody, not opening up. Because you know how to be there. It's safe to be there. You know that. But it also massively impacts your ability to be intimate with other people. So when you hear that voice, like, ah, that's why I never bother. See, ugh, ugh. Stop and look at, was I just severely betrayed? Was I just massively betrayed by somebody? Okay. And does that need to impact my ability to trust somebody else in the future? Or can you just say, hey, that person is no longer going to be on my inner circle? Okay. So it it can be a simple evaluation of, okay, I'm still going to work on trusting. I'm going to continue to work on trusting, but not with you. Right. Because you've shown me that that's not a worthwhile investment of my time. But it takes vigilance with all these interactions, right? What are yeah. you what are you thinking? No, I was just uh, I'm just thinking of this girl and thinking um it's going to take some time. Yeah. It's going to take some time for this. I can see if you've got some trust issues. Of course. It's going to take some time. You're going to have to use these tools constantly. That's right. Yeah. So which Brings me nice and tidily. Is that a word? Tidily? Tidy? Tidy-ish? Nice and... Yeah. Nice and tidy. I don't know. Nice and tidy. To the to number six, which is take baby steps. Yeah. All right? So take baby steps. Identify those people in your life who have that really... You know, if these these new people that she's talking about that she wants to interact with... Look at them through that lens of, okay, this relationship has never happened before. Have they done anything to make me really think that they can't be trusted? No. Okay. How about I initiate a coffee date? And so you don't say, let's go spend a week away in Aspen and I'll tell you all my deepest, darkest fears. (laughs) You just go slow maybe you start with more you have everybody over to your house and it's a little bit more social and maybe you play games and it's a little bit lighter and not you know like a book club and heavy you know so just start really really light another easy way to start inching into that intimacy with people is vulnerability of course and 
ways in which you can be vulnerable is genuinely expressing gratitude. So this can go both ways where maybe somebody did something kind for you, but you're so freaked out about it because you're like, ah, too close. It's coming down those barriers. And you immediately go to your go-to defense, which is, I bet they want something in return. I bet they, they're they not really genuine. They're just looking for handout, you know. And you twist a good deed. Watch your twisting of good deeds, <laughs> my friends. And stop and say, hey, thank you so much for thinking of us. Maybe they brought you a bottle of wine during the holiday or <coughs> offered to watch your cat while you were out of, out of town or whatever. Genuinely looking at them and saying, thank you so much. That really meant a lot to me. And being there in that intimate space with them and, and expressing gratitude in that way. And uh, another, another piece of that is learning how to accept compliments. Like when they say something kind to you, instead of refuting it and saying like, oh gosh, no, oh, stu- my hair is horrible. Oh God, you know, or oh, I, no, I wasn't even prepared for that project. You know, and you try to talk people out of giving you commendations, stop and accept because it's likely that right then you're looking at them. You're trying to blame them and say, like, they don't really mean it. I don't believe them. Yeah. Stop <clears throat> and accept that gift. So these are small little baby steps that you can just genuinely look them in the face and say, thank you for saying yeah. that. You know, uh, I, th- I think something to add to this is just kind of coming to the surface for me. It's something that I try to practice in, in, in gratitude and in trust in whatever you want on a grand view yeah. of things if you thank people for kindness if you thank people for gratitude if you thank people for when they when they do do something trustful yeah it encourages them to do it more mm-hmm. <clears throat> there there's something i mean there's obviously there's people that just do it right but at the same time you get to kind of reinforce that behavior on other people yeah right by saying i really appreciate it that you you know i could trust you in that that's Thank right. you for being a trustworthy person. Right. And that encourages them to continue that with you. Right, right. Right. They're like, oh, they really trust me. I got to watch what I'm doing here. Even if it's on a subconscious level. Right. Like they don't really notice it. Sure. It's just like a little endorphin rush. Right. But even. And it might help you get over those humps of lack of trust because you're right. going, well, I'm reinforcing trust by saying thank you. And I think that's also, it's important to understand that you're reinforcing trust in a way that's not that threatening to you. So accepting a compliment to somebody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does not mean that, or uh, accept a compliment from someone does not mean you have to give up your firstborn to them, that you have to (laughs) lean on them in hardship. All it means is that you're starting to flex that muscle. So for instance... When people at, you know, when I check out grocery store or Target or whatever, and they're like, you have a great day, I always say, thank you so much. I intend to. I don't go, they say that to everybody. Because guess what? I don't have to share everything with them. I don't have to have all this intimacy with them. You have to tell them what what kind of a day you're having. I don't don't have to do any, I don't have to carry it any further. I go to Home Depot. I might go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. May not have enough time. <laughs> well, um, actually, pretty nice little Saturday. We're uh, we're gonna go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper. Maybe get some flooring. 
stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. You know what I mean? Might be something like that, right? You don't want to do that with everybody. Just accept the compliment, accept the good tiding, and move on. That's right, yeah. because it's a practice for you to stop looking at the distrust. Like, oh, they don't mean it. They have to say that to everybody. Da, yeah, da, da, da. Right. Who gives a shit? Right. You're not being threatened. You aren't in danger. You're not being betrayed. Like, there's no adverse reaction or cost to you to accept a compliment. I saw that in Home Depot the other day. I saw this, this uh, two co-workers. And this guy said, oh, did you have a Merry Christmas? And he go, and the guy, like, kind of stopped what he was doing. He goes, oh, you mean Hanukkah? Yeah, I did. And the guy was like, okay. Yeah. And then walked off. It's like, you didn't have to go there, dude. Like, you could have just said, oh, we actually, we celebrated Our Hanukkah was great. Yeah. You know, like, you didn't have to take it as a threat. Right. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that speaks, when you look at that, it speaks so much more volumes about that person than it does about, you know, and exactly. you can really tell who those two people are. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you've got shit around being Jewish. Clearly. Right. All right. You're right. It's a Christmassy world. I get it. That's, right. you know, whatever. So... Christmassy world. It's a, it is. It's a meat eater's <laughs> world. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain mm. things that we have to adapt to if we aren't the majority. That's true. But there's ways to do that in a really positive way, I think. Sure. So, give yourself the opportunity to take these baby steps. Practice saying thank you. Express how you feel with people gradually. So, once you start entering into those relationships where you start to feel a little more comfortable... Start sharing more, but share sparingly at the beginning. And then you can share more. And then the next step is to share how you feel about things. That's the next level of intimacy. Like, I was really challenged by this experience with my boss, and I've been really destroyed by it. And But you don't do that with every fucking person who gives mm. you a compliment. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, take those baby steps to work on your own level of trust. And give yourself that freedom to take your time. The point that is so great about this that she made is that she's noticing, here's what I want. Like, I want this new level of friendships. I don't want to turn people away. Tell me what to do. What are my steps? I think that's the, you know, you have those six steps. I think there's one just before that. And that is where she's at. She wants to improve herself. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, and again, if you want some a deeper dive into some of these concepts around how to frame up statements, self-talk statements that actually feel like you could believe them or shedding some of the ideas around perfectionism or how to speak to yourself in a more positive way, come join me on the workshop this week. I think it'll be really advantageous. It's free. So it's kind of like the worst thing that would happen is you learn stuff. And... <laughs> You know, who knows? It just might change everything for you. So again, you can find that information at thejoyjunkie.com slash 185. And I think that's it. Anything else you wanted to say? I've said plenty. All right. We'll see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.